Let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. A little special treat on this Wednesday. Normally this time of year, things start to feel a little dead in sports. And I'm sure they do for a lot of the country. But if you love a current or future SEC team, today's really interesting. Because the football schedule for 2024, the opponents will be thrown out tonight at 6 o'clock on SEC Network, and you know nobody can keep a secret. Nobody can shut up. So the sources are telling the folks that cover it what's going on, and the insiders are letting everybody know, and we're discussing it today, and we're about to talk to one of our favorite insiders coming right up. It's Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. We're both looking forward to the House Divided coming back. It could be official tonight. Plus, there are rumors out there that Alabama may go to Oklahoma and Georgia may come to Austin. That's pretty cool, too. We'll get into all those different combos and some other stuff right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is Justin Wells of Inside Texas and On3.com. We talk to him every Wednesday about this time. Justin, how are you? Doing well, guys. Uh, Like I was telling Zay, uh, it's getting hot. Yeah. Rumor has arrived because – We've been cooking for the last week or so. So You know what? This is the first year I could say this to you, Justin. You should think of it as you've just been in SEC training all this time. Oh, here we go. East Texas is just training you for SEC country. That's all it is. Well, actually, the way that works is that the SEC gets trained by the weather in East Texas. Yeah, that's, that's true. The way that works. Yeah, you're right. Since they hold that this region, this standard up, this region's up so high. This is how the this is how the SEC follows suit, and so it, it's really a little backwards. But you know what? Um, that just means it's summertime, guys, and that means there's a hundred things going on. Yeah, that's true. And the phrase "little backwards" kind of goes with the SEC sometimes as well on uh, on a lot of things. All right, so um, Justin, let's just jump in here because there's a lot of different stories, you know, rolling around. Uh, from what you have heard, from what you have seen, um, you know, what what are you telling a Texas fan today about what to expect? We've seen a lot of different ideas out there. Um, you know, from at A and M in Arkansas to Georgia coming to town. Are you hearing similar things? Uh, what, what's your take on it right now? It appears that the schedule for 2024 might be quite treacherous for Texas in 20, uh, when they enter the SEC. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing's confirmed yet, but the fact that Georgia would be coming to Austin is big. Uh, when you consider the fact that uh, A&M's been in the, the, the SEC for, what, 11, 12 years, and they still haven't hosted Georgia. Yep. Um, I, think, I think it's fascinating because I believe Texas is Michigan in non-conference, and so that doesn't align with the SEC's, hey, let's play a bunch of cupcakes before we actually play real games in conference play. So that'll be an adjustment. But, you know, it, it's fun because, you know, Texas and OU are changing conferences, it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting just because it's it's got a whole new you know host of programs to, to to see to travel to to get to watch on a regular basis. Yeah, you we've seen Alabama, we've seen Ole Miss, obviously Texas A and M for for you know a hundred years, but now that it's going to be different. Now it's going to be the norm, and it looks like that first run through the SEC might be real tough. <laughs> for Texas uh, w- once they get into uh, playing with the big boys. Yep. 
Yeah, you know that Michigan game slash Ohio State the year after. That's absolutely brutal. And you're right, Jay Wells, it just doesn't align with the cupcake schedule. But do you think that the SEC just maybe, just may a smidge might have a heart and say, you know what, the Horns got those really good Big Ten teams coming up. We might not make them go to College Station and Fayetteville in the same season. Or do you think, like you're talking about, it's just going to be straight up brutal these first few years. Straight up brutal these first few years. They're not going to, they're not home back, man. If they've got a chance to stock that schedule, they're going to do it. And you know who really wins? The Texas fans. Because these home games are about to get a lot of fun. They're already great. And in, in outstanding facilities and just top to bottom. Last year's Alabama game, one of the best that a lot of fans have ever experienced. Now these are going to be become more normal. And I think that's who wins in the end, the Texas fans. They're going to get to see these guys. But now the SEC is not going to do them any favors. If they could send them to College Station, Fayetteville, Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Baton Rouge, Gainesville, and Athens, Georgia in, in you know six consecutive weeks, Hell, they might do it. But that's just how they do it in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, you think they might give Texas and Oklahoma a big old dose of you asked for this in 2024? Is that what they're looking yes. for? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Absolutely. I'm hearing, if I'm hearing a report, Justin, that not only would Oklahoma, excuse me, would Georgia come to Austin, but Alabama goes to Norman. If that's not a clear message to the two fan bases, I don't know what is. Like, oh, yeah, you want to play SEC? Well, get these home games. <laughs> And this is the time to do it because there. Can you imagine the TV ratings oh. in twelve to fifteen months? Yep, they are going to set records. The attendance rankings, they are going to set records. This is a big deal on so much of a larger scale, and I think fans and, and people that cover it actually realize. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, you know, playing a new schedule with a lot of new teams. But man, it, you're doing it on the biggest stage now. And, and, and at the end of the day, the fans win. And so I, I hate looking too ahead because I know 2023 could be really special for Texas. But, and, and this could be, you know, their last year in the Big 12. They want to go out with a bang. But goodness gracious, once they wake up, pull their head off of the pillow and they remember the SEC, that schedule is going to have them sleeping, you know, like a baby at night. Waking up every two or three hours crying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Just, Justin, let the people know how you've already seen recruiting being affected here at the 40 Acres by knowing that the, they're going to the SEC. Like, I could tell you that K.J. Lacey, that might not happen if the Horns were still in the Big 12, going up to Alabama and getting him right in the heart of Nick Saban County and have him come into the 40 Acres in 2025. That's big time. How has recruiting affected, you know, us going to the SEC and what you've seen already? You know – I got this question a lot before the move. You know, when Texas A&M came over and, and, and Missouri and then obviously the Pac-12 added Colorado and Utah and everything. You know, I didn't see that big of a difference. Now, if you ask a group of, of recruits, they'll tell you, yeah, going to the SEC is cool. That's something we notice. But to an individual recruit, they, they, they're usually looking at a much, much larger picture. And so I, I think – 
we won't really see the, the reap the rewards of it being in the SEC for maybe another year. Now, in state, I think Texas will always be in on some of the best talent there is. That's just no matter what conference they play in, they're signing a top five and a top three class back-to-back years playing in the Big 12 with marginal success over the last two years. And so they're going to recruit fine no matter where they play. I think where you're going to see them really benefit is recruiting that region. And I think we've seen a lot of that uh, in this cycle, especially with Bo Davis on the defensive side. You know, they're going all through Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. Um, They're looking for for, for SEC-type players. And that's where you build. If you're going to play in that conference, you might as well start recruiting in those areas because you're about to play games in those places. And so from the in-state talent, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, you may, you may win a few recruitments here and there because of the SEC moniker, but most, most of the time those kids are either going to stay in-state because they grew up loving Texas or they're going to leave the state because they want to try something else. But, but recruiting out-of-state is where you're going to see an uptick. In this last cycle, look what Texas did. I mean, they went into each one of those states and took somebody, essentially. They took two in Louisiana. That was the foundation. So there, that's where you're going to see, I think, the biggest change in recruiting. Not so much on the in-state guys. It's going to be the out-of-state guys, most notably those defensive linemen that you have to go down in the swamp and you got to go find down in, in South Louisiana, down in Mississippi, down in Georgia, in Alabama. They, they grow them differently down there, brother. And that is where I think you're going to see a difference in recruiting. Man, the living room discussions coming up with all those coaches coming in, all the coaches that will be representing the SEC, not to mention Lincoln Riley representing the new Big Ten at USC and all the different discussions that will happen. Dabo and Ryan Day coming down. Incredible. Uh, Justin Wells, Inside Texas, joining us. Justin, I got a a personal question for you on this. uh, From your fan side, I'm fascinated by this for Texas folks because when my team went to the SEC – I started thinking of, oh, my God, where would I want to go? And I got to go to three really cool places that I never thought I would go. So as a Texas fan, if I pay for it, if I got it all paid for, you're in your burnt orange, you're not covering it, you're not working, go as a fan, Go in, get you in on Thursday or Friday. We'll go all the way through the weekend. What SEC thing, what SEC venue, what SEC experience do you want as a fan? Baton Rouge at night. No go. question. Yeah. Hands down. That was so that was so easy. Listen, there's a lot of cool places that they're gonna get to play in the SEC. And not just football. There's some great basketball and some phenomenal baseball. Some really good baseball parks and, and, and programs. And so th- th- there's gonna be a lot of cool things that they get to experience. But I just don't see anything topping Baton Rouge, Death Valley at night. I, I just don't see it happening. I, the fact that Texas didn't play at LSU uh, last year or year before last was just so disheartening because that group, that Texas group, almost beat that LSU group the year before at home. They returned everybody on the roster. LSU lost most of those guys. Texas was so ready to to, to kind of you know shorten that gap and, and get some comeback. And it just didn't happen. I believe it was the year of, uh, after the COVID year or whatever. And so that got canceled. Uh, Texas fans really lost out there. Uh, the, the first time that that schedule pops up at LSU, 
that'll be a game that I say, you know what, I'd love to take a weekend off and go down there and, and watch a game and just absorb the atmosphere. I've been fortunate enough to go to a few games in Louisiana and just understand, you know, tailgating is one thing. They do it on a whole other level. I mean, when you get up drinking at 5 or 6 a.m., most people got to take a nap by noon, 1 o'clock, got to recoup by 2. No, not not Louisiana State. <laughs> they start early. They finish early. By the time it's kicked off at 7 o'clock uh, in Baton Rouge, that is one of the most hostile, livid, live crowds in all of sports, period. And so if there's one experience that Texas fans need to see, and if there's one place that I got to choose to go to, to kind of enjoy the environment, that is so easy. I'm going to Baton Rouge. It's a good call. Jay Wells, before we let you go, give us a Texas football update. Word on the street is Quinn yours is looking better and better from his body, gaining weight from just where his mind is, the leadership's coming along. How impressed are you, Quinn yours from that Alamo Bowl game and that inning to where he is now in the middle of June? I love word on the street is a, a nuanced tweet these days. Um, yes. Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers his – looked good for the last six months nothing that hasn't changed there isn't anything that's happened in the last couple weeks that has him any different than what he looked in the spring it all started during Alamo Bowl practices he knew he had to get in better shape he knew he had to get healthy and he knew he had to work on his mechanics and his technique and he did a little bit of that each day during that time in December then he went full bore uh, going into this spring the haircut was just part of the streamline uh, this is a kid that understands what's ahead of him. A good season this year, and in April, he's probably going to hear his name called relatively early in the NFL draft. He's been preparing for this moment for years. This is the reason he didn't play football his senior year in high school. It was to start his clock, his NFL clock, a year early. So everything that he has worked for and done has led up to this moment. Has he done anything different in the last two weeks that he's looked phenomenal in the spring? No, it's the same. He still looks outstanding. This is a kid that's got athleticism. You're going to see it more with his mobility. He won't be a guy that, 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 that's a dual threat, but he will definitely move the chains and, and be able to be a, a threat on the ground You know, in a, in, you know, in, in sometimes when a play breaks down. Quinn has that ability. We saw that against Washington. He's worked on his arm. He's worked on his, te- on, on, on his mechanics. He got a little sloppy last year. He even admitted that in, in, some, in some, some areas. He wanted to make sure he would find himself in that regard. And at the end of the day, he, just, he wants to become more of a leader. And he's become more vocal. We reported that throughout the spring. Quinn has been leading a lot of these things from the offensive standpoint, whereas you have Jalen Ford and Jaron Thompson on the other end. Quinn's trying to be that guy on offense and replacing a B. John Robinson and a Rashawn Johnson from a leadership standpoint in a locker room is a ginormous task. And that's why Quinn has been so focused. It's not just the workouts. It's the strategic diet. He's counting what he's eating. He's paying attention to what he's doing. Every movement has a purpose, and that's the type of focus you want in your quarterback heading into 2023. The way I'd be looking at it, if I had to fill out a suit 
after Bijan and after DeMarvion Overshone, I'd watch my diet too. Oh, yeah. Those two guys looked awesome in a suit. Not that Quinn didn't look all right in a suit, but I'd have been working on that. Good to hear that he is. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, On3.com. If you're on Twitter, at Justin Wells 2424 He'll be excited like the rest of us at 6 p.m. when the SEC Network lets us officially know, and it goes from I've been hearing to the actual schedule being uh, announced in terms of the opponents. Justin, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the week and stay cool, brother. Appreciate you guys. Nothing but love. There Thanks, it is. Well. Yes, from the land of East Texas, where it does get nasty, nasty, humid. That'll be the. Uh, that's one of the official sponsors of the SEC. Humidity. Oh, it's shows. everywhere. Yeah. It is all over. Yeah, you remember Tro Carter, the um, Minnesota transfer, the tackles came to 40 acres. The yep. reason why it came down, the heat. Yeah. Because it's so cold up there in Wisconsin, and it was like, yo, I got to get away from that. Oh, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. What's the least humid city in the SEC of the new ver- – Norman? Is it Norman the least humid? Yeah, I might be. Like in the nastiest of summer. Go all the way through SEC cities in your mind. What's the one you'd actually want to hang out in that's less? Now, hang maybe, out in the city's maybe For Na- humidity. For is humi- it Norman? Maybe Nashville? Maybe. Okay, maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's tough. Because the Gainesville thing can't be good for humidity, no, right? that water right there. Closer to the water, Mm-mm. yes, but humid as hell. Yeah. Athens got to be humid that time. Yeah, that's just. Yeah, Louisiana. Nope. Yeah, that's uh, another reason, really, that you get yourself in different football shape because the weather requires you to be in different football shape. Thanks to Justin for his time. SEC schedules for 24, uh, definitely something we're talking about today. Also, a breaking story for you Astros fans that you are not going to like coming up. I'll hit you with that bad news. Plus, in the Flex segment, talk about a couple of workout videos. Plus, Wednesday night Flex tonight with a special guest that you Westlake fans will be interested in. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. Speaking of electric guitars that get me going, come on now. What a great riff. We got to put some, you put a great riff list together. I'm probably throwing this one in. Heart and Barracuda. Barracuda. Plus, I get her voice. I get Ann Wilson, the siren, the goddess of rock and roll. One of the greatest voices in rock history. Shout out to Heart, the Guess Who, and Scorpions today getting us started. It is a busy Wednesday. It is a Christmas out of nowhere kind of Wednesday. And it is... SEC opponent schedule day for 2024. Longhorn fans are going to find out officially this evening. Are you playing A&M next year? If so, where? Are you playing Arkansas next year? If so, where? Multiple reports say both will be on the road. That's thick if it happens. And multiple reports are saying Georgia is coming to you. I've heard Florida, Zay, may also come here there's some report out there both cocktail party teams are coming to Austin. Yeah, that schedule's thicker than Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce having a twerk off. <laughs> Hang on, let me I don't know, I'm take a sip of water. <laughs> it's serious, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. It's serious. No doubt. Well, and I do think, the, you know, it, it is logical there how the SEC plays this. Again, back to my thought, my thought of Texas OU, A&M, and Arkansas. How do all those fan bases look at it? 
I think Texas and Oklahoma fans need to prepare for that feeling of, all right, we did ask for this, calm down. Because you don't, you definitely don't want to seem like you're complaining. No. You have asked to join this conference. You know you're a big dog. You know you matter when you come to town. And you know it matters when they send them to you. So you have to, you have to, If even if it looks crazy to you, you got to bite your lip. All I would do is, again, double-check the rival. If I'm Texas, as long as Oklahoma has it too. Right. Would you agree with that idea? As yeah. long as Oklahoma has to eat a similar schedule, you can live with that. Right, absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's how I would look at it if I'm in the Red River situation, these two new schools. I just don't want to be Oklahoma and feel like I'm having Alabama come to me and then like Vandy comes to Austin. Like, whoa, wait, hold on, stop. But it'll even out if there if Georgia comes here and then Alabama goes to Norman, I think then both fan bases in the Red River discussion will say, okay, all right, we did ask for this. Yeah, yeah, you got to deal with it. I mean, for me, it's a lot easier to be okay with knowing that there's a 12-team playoff. Like, that's that's the biggest thing for me. If we were still 14, Chad, I'd be losing my mind. And I think a lot of Horn fans would have the right to bitch then especially if the schedule came out as thick as what we've been talking about mm-hmm. today. But it's not the case anymore. You There's 12 teams that are going to have a chance at the end of the season all to win a title, yeah. and that's all you could ask for going to the SEC. And you most likely will be rewarded if you lose to one of the top dog teams that you're most likely going to play because you're in the SEC. Yeah, and that's yeah. It should be a little tougher. One of our one of the listeners was on us about saying SEC had. We were saying SEC had cupcake schedules. I don't know if we said it that way. We're talking about the non-conference, not the whole schedule. Obviously, those non-conference schedules, those non-conference cupcake games, specifically the one in November. That's kind of where we're headed here, um, and, and it's just about. But also that thing that Alabama and Georgia have will only have played five times in twenty years. Like, don't act like the SEC doesn't hide things. They move things. They reschedule stuff, and they protect their biggest dogs. So now they're ripping the divisions away, and they're really making this more of a rotation. And once they do it, and the Big Ten does it. Man, I think we're all going to benefit as college football fans because then you really find out. Then it'll feel more truthful than it does now because now I think fans are forced to do weird math in the SEC. Like, wait a minute, my team won this many games, but look at that schedule. What does that really mean? Yeah. Like, okay, they won nine, but did they really win nine? Because look at those three. They kind of won six, and then they won three other games that I don't want to talk about. So now you hopefully get less and less of that. So a lot of good talk about what that schedule is going to be. 6 o'clock tonight, SEC Network, if you don't know where it is, on your DVR. Find it, call your cable operator or satellite provider or whatever, because you're going to need that SEC Network if you're a Texas uh, or Oklahoma fan coming up next year. By the way, Chad, before we get into the flex segment, somebody Mm -hmm. on the Specs text line shouted out my pops, who was a former driver's ed teacher, to maybe help your daughter. Oh, that's right. And I could have thrown you that alley-oop, but knowing CeCe at this point of his career, you can't afford that. I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, no, no offense no, to you. I no. just know him and what he's going to ask for, and you don't even want to deal with that. He is very high maintenance. I will tell you that had she failed today, I mentioned earlier my daughter passed her driver's test and she got the driver's license, so now I got a whole other set of things to worry about. But uh, had she failed today, 
I did give a thought to C.C. Collier. I'm not going to lie. I thought about C.C. Collier, not only legendary Hall of Fame quality basketball coach, Hall of Fame, in my mind, driver's ed teacher. Oh, yeah. I've heard from a lot of people in the Bowie area that he was the best of the best, so I might have had to recruit him no matter what it cost. Oh, he had South Austin on lock. Yes. If you were in the 90s and you were learning how to drive in South Austin, he taught you probably everything you know, good or bad, because sometimes he could be a little intimidating. That might have worked to some people's advantage. That might have worked to some people's disadvantage. Depending on you could take that coach talk and the eyes and the voice, everything. Trust me, I'm his son. I know. It could get real. So if you could take that, then, hey, those on the freeway where it looks like, oh, man, 18 wheelers on both sides, that ain't nothing when CeCe's sitting in the passenger seat. Uh So to all of you out there that are proud graduates of the CC Collier Driving Academy, shout out to you today. Yeah. Yeah, but we, I, we know you're being safe. Yeah, I, I could have, you know, it would have been the right thing to do as your partner and friend to have CC, you know, teach mm-hmm. your daughter. But I knew how much he charged. Might have charged too Yo, much. The, the dude, he's a ridiculous person when it comes to things like this. <laughs> like if, if anybody asks CC to do private lessons with their kid, yo. You might you might have to worry about your mortgage or something like that because it's gonna cost you an arm and a leg gotta, at this point of his life. Got to pay for greatness. Got to pay for greatness. You got to pay for yeah. it. I understand. I totally understand. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of greatness, uh, they're all working towards greatness this time of year in terms of the high school football and uh, other high school sports getting the workouts going in the summer. We'll talk about that. Plus tonight's Wednesday night flex show. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, and a transfer portal story at the high school level Zay just told me about. We'll get to that too. I uh, just want to shout out all of those athletes in the area that have been shooting out their videos uh, on social media. Flex has been retweeting them. We're getting all kinds of cool stuff for you to check out. Go to FLXATX on your social media. Shout out to Alex Green, the talented wide receiver from Hutto. He threw out a workout video. Zay, I'm watching this thing thinking, this is not what wide receivers were doing when I was a kid. <laughs> wide receivers might have had a summer job. They might have. They were just like eating pizza, video games had just become a big deal. They might have gone out and run a couple routes before you know the coaches made them show up. But he's at like a a separate academy. He's at a separate place that deals with this. Uh, you know, that deals with this stuff. A training center at their age. It's incredible dedication to see. Uh, and I was really impressed. I was going to give a shout out to this place what's it called sacrifice training says athletic performance facility go crew so maybe associated with mary harden baylor they oh it's a mary harden baylor alum that runs it but it's called sacrifice training and he's there doing all this kind of you know step training and weight stuff and everything so shout out to alex for that one also jake helms the talented long snapper from westlake who i believe was our all flex Long snapper. He's class of 24, and he threw a video out of him doing some snapping drills and things like that. So he's going to be looking for a long snap. He may be looking for a a long snapping offer, and uh, who knows, Scully from somebody at the end of the year. When your peers slash friends are out on vacation and going swimming and – you know, playing putt putt and doing, you know, TikTok dances, the whole nine, there's guys out here working. 
There's guys out here getting ready for the season, and that's what could separate you from the guy that claims he wants to take your job or Mm -hmm. the girl who claims that she wants to take your spot. How can you say that when you're not putting in the work that I'm in? You know what I'm saying? That's just, I remember those 6 a.m. workouts in the summer where I'm thinking, yo, this is absolutely brutal. I know the homies. There's a big-time party tonight up there in Circle C that I could be at. But Uh I'm in here grinding, and it paid off. I got a scholarship coming out of high school. So it could pay off for a lot of guys and girls. It just depends on how you look at working. How motivated are you? How determined are you? Because I know it's tough. I know it's tough getting on your phone and going on Instagram and you see the homies out in Barton Springs having a good time with some beautiful honeys and stuff like that. And you're like, damn. But then you're out here in the heat, 100 degrees damn near, and you're trying to get better for the season. And sometimes that's what that's what matters. If you're mm-hmm. serious about sports and you're sp- serious about your craft and getting better and you want to play college ball, this is what you have to do in the summer to get to that point. you got to put in the work. And if you want to motivate others, that uh, can also happen when those videos get out there. So if you want to show us your videos, 7-on-7 seven seven videos, workout stuff, uh, let us know. Uh, get it out there and tag FlexATX. You can check out FLXATX.com as well. Tonight on the Wednesday Night Flex Show at 7, Westlake baseball player Aiden. Bennett will join the fellas and apparently will bring a couple of teammates with him. So check that out tonight at 7, 8 o'clock Longhorn Blitz podcast, fight nights at 9, sports guys talking wrestling off this week uh, in terms of the Wednesday night lineup, but it will be back next week. All right, Zay, we also have a transfer portal story. We've had a few of these uh, in the this offseason. That's right, one that hits close to home, former LBJ Jaguar Latrell McCutcheon who was previously at Oklahoma and followed Lincoln Riley to Southern Cal, is now transferring from USC, and who knows where he's going to end up. The mm. former four-star, I think he has maybe a couple of years left, but he's a corner slash uh, secondary player, and yeah, he could go. <laughs> he could go. Very talented, and it obviously didn't work out at USC, so whoever ends up getting them, that'll be a big-time get. So, uh, yeah, we'll look for that name, Latrell McCutcheon, and where does he end up transferring from USC? Isn't his little brother still at LBJ? Um, I think there's still a yeah, McCutcheon, right? I, I think so. That name sounds and he's familiar. Big, yeah, he's, he was here this past year. I don't know if he graduated or not, but he was a big-time player that had a lot yeah. of Power 5 offers, too. It's uh-huh. a talented, talented family there. Um, Shout-out to uh, to Latrell, and uh, we'll see where he ends up. Big-time transfer. At first, when you mentioned it, I thought you were telling me we had another high school, like, flex level, you know, right, right, transfer right. high school to high school. But this is obviously uh, a flex guy that was in the area at LBJ helping build what they've done over there and uh, would have been Latrell would have been on the team maybe that went to the state title game I think so because this was just the first year at USC is that right first year at USC do was I have it that the math first right first year at Oklahoma a year ago oh, I see don't the, oh I forgot the Oklahoma part yeah. you're right you're right there was Oklahoma as well I may be a year off on that uh, we certainly wish him well and uh, hopefully he finds the right place for him Lots of transfers. A lot of options nowadays. If you can't find that right spot, you do have a chance to go find that right spot. Yeah, they're giving you the opportunity. This ain't like the old days where you had to wait out a year, which was absolutely brutal. If 
the NCAA, college football, and all the other sports in college, they're going to allow you to do this, and it's not working out where you are. Coaches do it. Why not the students? By the way, after watching the movie, I think the new transfer bar needs to be the Coach Carter method. If you're going to transfer, just give me a 1,000 gassers, a 1,000 suicides, and a 1,000 push-ups. That's it. Oh, Ken Carter. <laughs> By the way, we're, we're, we'll talk about it tomorrow, but the words child abuse did come up as I was watching this movie. <laughs> like, I was sitting thinking, like, well, my God, that's a lot of push-ups. Have you ever done, like, a hundred push-ups? <laughs> Much less five of them? Five hundred? Come on, coach. There are so many red flags in that movie. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, we'll get to that tomorrow at 2 when uh, we'll talk about Coach Carter. The movie of the week, the album of the week, is Revolver by the Beatles. We'll do that tomorrow around 2. Up next, we'll hit you with where we at in society. Coming up at 2, back to the NFL, where Micah Parsons has done it again, Cowboys fans, whether you like it or not. Plus, Zay wants to get into a Jamal Murray discussion. Where does he rank now that he's got a ring? Let's have a bigger discussion about Jamal. That's coming up on The Horn. Chad and Zay. A little fire and ice. Pat. Pat Benatar. Yeah. This is one I got to see live sometime. Still haven't seen her. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about it for a second. In terms of like a rock female, I'm not sure if anybody's aged as well as Pat Benatar. I think of everybody there. You line them all up, all your favorite voices in sort of that rock vibe. Man, Pat still looks incredible, and the voice is still there, too, if you saw that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. Pat Benatar, Heart, The Guess Who, and Scorpions uh, on the music side today. Real quick update before we get to where we at. Bad news for you Astros fans. You get um, you get Jose Altuve back into the, the mix, and now you lose Jordan Alvarez, and today they're saying it might be at least Four weeks with an oblique strain. That absolutely sucks uh, if you are an Astros fan. Right now, as you check the standings, it is three and a half back of the Texas Rangers if you're keeping up with such things. The uh, Astros actually, you know, you could argue, say they they had a pretty good run in terms of not having Altuve. Rangers off to that incredible start that they got off to, but it's still reasonable. It's not like the Astros are getting blown away in the division. They're definitely right there. Let's see if they maintain that now that Jordan's not going to be in the lineup. Hopefully he gets back very quickly. That's a talented dude. I'm a Rangers fan. We all know that. I'll admit it. But I don't want to beat a beat-up team. I want to beat the Astros at their best. If, we're, if it's going to happen and the Rangers win that division, I want them to beat the best Astros possible. Yeah, that's how you should want it. And coming off that World Series victory, they've had a lot of bad luck in 2023. And you're right, they've stayed afloat with, even with all these injuries from Altuve getting hurt in the World Baseball Classic. And the Rangers have done a good job getting a little bit of the lead, but there's a lot of baseball to be played. 
No doubt about it. Long, yeah, long, long way to go. Um, as uh, as you know, if you're a baseball fan, so we'll keep our eyes on that. Also coming up, some NFL stuff. Micah Parsons doing it again. Cowboys fans, the man does not lack confidence. And Jamal Murray. We'll talk about where his place in history might be after ring number one. Some people think it's ring one of maybe a few coming up for Mr. Murray. Right now, it's where are we at in society. Let's see what Zay wants to hit today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to go to Twitter today? Yeah, go to Twitter, man. And we got some audio for the people, some cringe audio for the people. Okay. Do you know the youth legend of Baby Gronk? You know what? I've heard of it. I have not watched a lot of videos or seen a lot of interviews about this kid. I know there's a kid. I'm going to guess he's somewhere between like 10 and 14 right now. Yeah, I think he's they, going to the fourth grade. Okay, and they call him Baby Gronk. Yeah, they call him Baby Gronk. He's a internet sensation, loves football, and now everything is starting to make sense. His dad and Baby Gronk were on a podcast called Bring the Juice, and it couldn't have been more ridiculous. Oh, no. First off, let me give you more perspective on Baby Grot. He slid into my DMs last year when I was producer of B&E. Wow. For Hot or Not segments, which okay. we definitely talked about them. Uh-huh. But I didn't respond back to Baby Grot because I ain't responding back to no eight-year-old, even <laughs> though I know it's ran by Pops. I'm glad, I'm glad you have that boundary line. Uh, yeah. You appreciate that. That's yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah. retweet this, retweet this. And I'm like, look... It's a cool story, but he was at the 40 Acres on DKR alone. Go look at the video I sent you. Alone, like working out, and the caption's all gas, no brakes, and he's wearing UT gear, which uh, it's pretty fire. Oh, but good he, grief. He does this all the time. He goes to multiple universities. He was just down at LSU doing the same thing. Apparently, he just like lies about all the offers he has and stuff like that, which... You know, it's 2023. Influencers are the big thing. This is what that is. But, yeah, dad is running the show. And listen to this exchange with his father and baby Gronk on this Bring the Juice podcast. All right. Are you him is the real question. Yes. See, I'm going to punch him in. Ask that again, bro. Say That's his dad. Man, what kind of question is that? You see my Instagram. Say that. Ready? Hey, baby Gronk, are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. Would you take her to prom someday? <laughs> hey, no, say it again, bro. You gotta say, uh, say. There's that again. Uh, I already DM, I already DM'd her and asked her, and she said yes. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Sit on the mic. Hey, baby Gronk, would you take Livy Dunn to prom? You think? I already DM'd her, and she said yes. Damn, <laughs> damn. What Boy. kind of tuxedo you getting? OG James Bond style or what? Yeah. Nah, hey, say it again, bro. Hey, what kind hey, of tuxedo you get? Uh, I'm gonna get? I'm going to get a Gucci one. Ready? <laughs> hey, what kind of tuxedo are you getting? I'm going to get a Gucci one. What are you going to do, you know, to, to stay sharp and keep your skills up if you're actually not going to go through with middle school and high school? <laughs> do not work out? No. I'm going to get massages. By, I'm going to get uh, body full body massages by some baddies. All right, ready? Okay. You want to ask it again, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go. I saw that you're foregoing middle school and high school football. How are you going to keep preparing yourself to play college football in this whole process? I'm going to get body massages by baddies. Oh, Anything no. you want to say before we dip out, baby Gronk? I'm the number one fourth grade football player in the world. Then that's, that's it. Ready? Stand right there. Say it one more time. Yeah. Hey, baby Gronk, before I wrap up, bring the juice. Anything you want to say to bring the juice nation today? I'm the number one fourth grader in the world. 
then he flexes flexes after he says that. (laughs) Okay, Zay, I'm going to ask a dumb question. The dad knows we can hear him, right? Like, does the dad know his mic is hot? What is is that? Wait, is that supposed to be entertaining? It's the most cringy, what a, funny it is, little it, snippet I've ever heard. That is the weirdest idea. I'm on a podcast and I'm gonna feed the kid the. Oh, I'll ask that again and like, okay, dude, this is live. They're recording. What? No, it's it's really toxic and it's really sad. That is so bizarre. So we're not gonna play middle school football. We're well, not gonna play high school football. Right, because you can get hurt. And expect that the schools that we've been admiring and trying to go to want us. Let me tell you what. This is taking the Richard Williams theory to the next level in football. If it works for him, this will be one of the craziest ideas anybody's ever had that actually works. Because say what you want about Mr. St. Brown or Mr. Brown who named his kid St. Brown. Right. Say what you want about, now back in the day it was Marinovich or yeah, what, Marinovich. some of those crazy you know, parents or whatever. LeVar. I don't, say what you want about LeVar Ball. I don't remember anybody having this argument. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to skip middle school and all of high school and he'll still be a badass. Really? Oh, yeah. They'll remember him when he showed up at DKR and ran those routes in gloves. I mean, <laughs> I mean they asked the kid, which, well, and Pops, how are you going to you know, maintain your health and stuff? And then he threw out, I'm going to get massages by baddies. Like, oh. ugh, don't have don't, your kid Santa, especially after Deshaun Watson. But you can also, exactly, that's a good point, too. But you can also hear that that's not in the kid. The kid feels like he's just kind of a kid. If the kid naturally had that, if he naturally had a wrestling promo about him, well, that's fine. But, yeah, you're you're telling us as the dad, I'm feeding him this stuff. I'm saying the things that I'm having him say the stuff I wish I could have said back in the day or wish I could say now or whatever. It just doesn't feel authentic. That's the problem they're going to run into. It doesn't feel real. At least with the Ball family, we all understood it. Dad's cutting promos. Kids are playing ball. They haven't really been attitudes at all. Right. Right? Same thing with the St. Browns. Who's running the show with the mouth there? The dad is. The kids are just chilling out with cool names and just trying to be good. But they were, like, already in high school and stuff. Like, St. Browns, you really just hear about them now because they're in the NFL. Like, LeVar Ball, we heard about them when... Lonzo was at Chino Hill senior year going That's into true. UCLA. This kid is nine. Th- th- he hit when he was eight, him. right? He hit the yeah. first thing when he was, when yeah. he was eight. Dad literally just told him to say, I'm the number one fourth grader in the country. What is the way- By the way, one of the weirdest brags to put, put in somebody's head. Who, who has ever talked about that in their lives, right? The craziest football scout in the world never turns to his buddy and goes, you know what we got to find out today? Who's the most badass fourth grader out there? <laughs> no one thinks of that. Nobody does. Hey, some might. Do you want to have a job in 10 years? You might have to look ahead. You might have to look ahead and be scouting talent early. What you know do you, what I'm saying? What do you think happens if one of the scouts, analysts, whoever, walks into Saban's office and says, Nick, just heard about this incredible fourth grader. You got to check him out. Does Nick throw an object? Does he hit that button and the door smashes him in the face? Like, come on, man. Also, why baby Gronk, though? Like, out of all the babies that you could be, you know, you could be a baby Montana, baby Brady. Why Rob Gronkowski, who's a character in his own right, but, like, 
Why? Probably easy to easier to say. The dad probably just liked Gronk, and it also has a the ma- goofy machismo, yeah. goofy feel to okay. it. It's I think it's in his mind. He's going to try to create this kid, and that and as we watch him develop, eventually he'll be able to feed those lines to him, and the kid will be scripted. Like the dad is his Bernie Toppin. Right, Dad's his Bernie Toppin. He'll be the Elton John at some point that can just deliver those lines, and we'll go, "Wow, that's his song." Well, kind of, yeah. He didn't. He came up with the rhythm of it. It was actually Dad who gave him the words. But yeah, it's his yeah. song. He'll be able to deliver that, and Dad hopes it's got that Gronk attitude. What leagues is he going to be playing in if he's not playing middle school and high school? Um, by that time. If a lot of stuff is successful in Europe and with the uh, G League, I think the G League will just branch out into football. We'll just have like a weird G League team he can go to. <laughs> We're still skipping steps here. Like, literally. Oh, yeah. No, he's skipping steps. Yeah, literally, you can't go to the NFL unless if you played three years of college football. Well, that's not true. He can go to the NFL three years after his high school that's class true. would have graduated. Okay, that's right. There's no. That's a- right. There's nothing actually written down that says you have to have played football through that whole period. Yeah, because you see guys from overseas just coming and playing yeah. and trying out and stuff, and we always see on, like, Many can hard knocks and stuff like that. You're right. So map him out wherever he's 18, and would he be class of blank three years after that? That's what it is. Three years after the high school class graduates, he could technically, and this is what he should do, show up with dad and those gloves in Indianapolis and just show off. See yeah. if they'll let you go. See if they'll let you work out. Yo, baby Gronk's pops. If CPS comes knocking on that dough, don't be surprised. Don't, don't be shocked. There shouldn't oh, be a big shocker to you. God. I get it. You love your boy. But if they come knocking, asking questions, and have to do a thorough search and stuff, please don't be surprised. By the way, I wouldn't be. Do we know Baby Gronk's actual real name? Because that probably will explain, too, why it's Baby Gronk. Because his real name is probably like Chester or something. I think Pop's last name is something San Miguel. Sick. And I think okay. they, are, they stay in the Dallas area. Okay. Yeah, he's got the whole Gronk thing. Got a Nike Gronk shirt on and everything. The Nike shirt that says Baby Gronk on it. <laughs> Baby Gronk. Oh, my God. Number one fourth grand in the country. He's legit. Yeah, well, I've been wondering. I wonder who's number two. I've really been wondering. Yes. You know what? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I don't wonder that. Coming up, your 2 o'clock hour. I do wonder why Micah Parsons keeps saying these things. We'll tell you the latest thing he said and why I'm probably just overreacting. Then we'll talk some Jamal Murray. Why today matters at 2.30. It is SEC opponent schedule day for 2024. And we'll tell you the rumors about what is being reported as to who the Longhorns will be facing and some other big games in the SEC in 2024. Stay with us. This is The Horn.